there, and welcome to the Exam Room Podcast, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hi, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for giving the show a listen, or a view, or a download, wherever it is in the world that you are. We appreciate the fact that you are here. Happy Thanksgiving! That is where we need to start today. Happy Thanksgiving indeed. And today on the show, we are going to be talking about turkey alternatives. We're going to be going from poultry to plants, main dishes to side dishes and everything in between. So what we have in store for you are five turkey alternatives sure to please everyone at your Thanksgiving table this year, whether or not they are plant-based. We're going to be getting those five turkey alternatives from dietitian and fiber queen, Lee Crosby. She will be here. And we're also going to be getting five more ideas, including sides from her colleague, Maggie Neola, over at the Barnard Medical Center. Now, spoiler alert here, one of Lee's recipes is going to blow your mind. Let me spell this out for you in a series of hashtags. Hashtag turkey free. Hashtag duck free. Hashtag chicken free. Indeed, my friend, what we have is a vegan recipe for turducken. That's right. It's called veg duckin and Lee will be sharing the recipe with us momentarily. Also on the show today, though, on a more serious note, a controversial new study is making headlines saying that vegans and vegetarians are more at risk for breaking their bones than people who eat meat. The headlines are everywhere this week. Well, Dr. Neil Barnard will be joining me to take a closer look at the study, and we will be talking about what the headlines aren't saying. He's going to be drilling down into the data to see what might be missing in this conversation and why the research shows what it does. So stay tuned for some very interesting insight on that front. But that is coming right after we hear from Lee Crosby and her five turkey alternatives for a vegan Thanksgiving. Continuing here on the Exam Room Podcast, brought to you by the Physicians Committee, as we cruise right into Thanksgiving 2020. And the question is, if you're vegan, and even if you're not vegan, but you have a vegan coming over for Thanksgiving dinner, Well, what in the world can you possibly serve instead of turkey? That is a good question and a perplexing one for millions of us. So let's go ahead and clear up that confusion. The best way to have a turkey-free turkey day here with Turkey Alternatives is my friend, your friend, everybody's friend, the Fiber Queen dietitian, Lee Crosby. Lee, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, Chuck. I am pumped up about these turkey alternatives. You know, we have some side dishes coming up a little bit later with Maggie Neola, your your colleague there, but <clears throat> you are providing the main event, the centerpiece is what to have instead of turkey. You're coming hard with five options. And let's just go ahead and tease the very final one. It is mind-blowing, and I am excited about this. How I you discovered it? I don't know. Thrilled. <laughs> I didn't know such a thing existed. So you are truly doing the, you know, just God's work here this Thanksgiving. <laughs> 
<laughs> we might be overselling this, but okay. <laughs> I don't think we are. I don't think it's possible to oversell what's coming. Um, <laughs> but seriously, when you're working with patients over at the Barnard Medical Center or just, you know, interacting with people on social media and they're like, okay, this is my first vegan Thanksgiving, not having turkey. What can I have? You have to have gotten this question time and again. Oh yeah, absolutely. I have. So it's, again, it's, because our traditional dish, it centers around this giant dead bird in the middle of the table. So what do we do instead? Usually I'm getting it in terms of, I have to go to someone's house. How do I handle it? Honestly, when I get the question of what do I make? Oh, that's two thumbs up. I like when I get that question because there are all kinds of cool entree options that we're going to get into. I don't want to spoil it too much before we get into it, but there are a surprising number of things you can do that are, some of them are more of a labor of love, take a while, but even so in the not perfect, but sure better than a turkey are some of these, you know, turkey type replacements. So we'll talk about those too. Turkey type replacements. I think that's <laughs> the technical term. <laughs> All right. Well, well, yeah, let's, you know what, let's just go ahead and dive right in. So turkey alternative number one, what is that? Uh, not the top of your list, but not necessarily the number one. Again, we're building to an awesome finish here. So what, what's <laughs> wow. first on your list? All right. So the first on my list was actually recipe. I came up with back in the day when I used to update my blog veggie quest that does not happen anymore because crazy busy, but um, it is a holiday quinoa loaf with a clove spiced date sauce. And it is so good. I wanted something that really just like screamed the holidays, but again, was not a giant, you know, dead bird in the middle of the table. And so what I came up with was this quinoa loaf and it has, it's awesome. It's packed with plant-based protein. You got your fiber, both soluble and insoluble vitamins, minerals. That's nice. What's really in there that makes it taste so good. You've got these kidney beans, which kind of have that meaty texture, right? There's quinoa. And then you're also sauteing cooked. Then you're also sauteing onion and mushrooms and putting that all in together. But the cool part here is that spiced date sauce. So you take, you make a batch of it and what's in it. Let me tell you, it's so simple. It's actually not hard at all. Medjool dates, ketchup, dried mustard, allspice, cloves, water. That's it. Into a food processor. And what the, you do is you put half the sauce in with the loaf ingredients, form it into a loaf, and the other half goes right on top. And then you bake it. It is so good. It's so pretty sliced up, and you put it on a bed of baby kale, especially if you make two, because I tend to make double batches because life is too short to put all that in <laughs> and get one batch out. Um, the other fun part with this is if you end up with some of the extra sauce, which I inevitably do, it's really good swirled into pumpkin hummus. Ooh. Yeah. Yo. Okay, it's, we're going to put put a pin in the pumpkin hummus. We're coming back to that cuz that just sounds amazing. But when you're working up a recipe, when you're creating something from scratch like this, how long does it take and what what is the trial and error process like just to get it right? So this recipe was actually, oh gosh, this is going to date me here. This was actually going back. This is an adaptation of a presidential candidate who shall not be named favorite meatloaf recipe going multiple election cycles back. I did a, I did a, during the election, I had two people, two presidential candidates, family recipes. I veganized them both and I gave them a heads up. And then this one, I was like, it's good, but it could be better. So I did a little more tweaking, but if there's just a lot of trial and error. So in baking, that's really a science. You have to get the exact right proportions, ingredients, technique, cooking. You just, Oh, this has a little, I detect a little bitterness. How do we counterbalance that? We use a little acid. We use a little sweetness. We use a little, maybe a little touch of salt. 
Um, getting that flavor profile right for me is just trial and error, which is why some people can think a recipe is great and others who have a different, you know, slightly different palate are gonna wanna make it their own, which is why I encourage everyone to get in the kitchen when you have time and experiment a little bit. So you can look at a recipe and kind of know this is gonna work for me or it isn't. It's kind of like trying on clothes. After you've done it enough, you're like, I don't even need to try that on and it's not gonna work. And I'm looking at this ingredients list and it looks like this is a pretty hearty thing. So you're definitely not going to be missing that turkey. It sounds meaty. I mean, you said like the loaf is, is made with meaty kidney beans. It looks like it's kind of a stick to your ribs kind of dish. Oh, it is. And that was the other thing. I didn't want something where I'd be hungry in an hour. Because again, you're supposed to, I mean, now this is just cultural, but I feel like after a Thanksgiving meal, you're supposed to be like, oh, yeah. You know, you're not going to want to eat for a long time. <laughs> this kind of fits that bill, but is still healthy and low fat and vegan. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed veganizing this recipe and kind of making it exactly what I wanted it to be. All right. So let's move on. Let's do dish number two here. What else do you have on your list of yum yums? Okay. Oh, this one is super yum yum. This actually is from a, uh, blogger friend of mine from back in the day, Kimmy, at a blog called Rock My Vegan Socks. Um, it is a wild rice tempeh and spinach stuffed butternut squash. So it sounds a little complicated. It's actually not that hard. It's more just time consuming. It is so good. I will say when I made this, I have had repeat requests for it. So my mom, actually, I made it for we do our own sort of separate holidays because we used to travel to see family, not this year, but she had then requested it for pretty much like every dinner we did together since then. So we were like having it at Mother's Day. It's that good. Um, so what you do, you take a butternut squash, which I'm going to brag on myself a little bit here. Our garden didn't do that great this year, but we did come up with 27 butternut squash. Oh, yes, we did. So 27? Yes. Um, no. I'm, well, thankfully butternut squash plants kind of thrive on benign neglect, which is what they got. So, but Hey, we have a whole lot of squash to use up. So what you do is you cut the butternut squash in half. You, you know, get the seeds out, you roast it while that's happening. You saute tempeh with some coconut aminos and some, a little bit of maple syrup and either liquid smoke or smoked paprika. Or the easy way to do it is I've actually swapped the beyond meat crumbles, not the burgers. Those are really high in fat, but the crumbles in the freezer section are actually low fat. They're three grams of fat in a serving and they have kind of that smoky flavor. So they give you the same um, flavor profile without the work. And what you do is you take that and you mix it all together with the some of the squash flesh and some spinach and then some cooked rice and wild rice. And you, again, if you don't want to make the wild rice, you can even just use like frozen cooked rice from Trader Joe's or Diet. Um, you mix it all together, you mount it up in the halves and you roast it. And it comes out as this, this gorgeous sort of, again, centerpiece look. And it's really, if you take some shortcuts, again, make some swaps, it's pretty easy to put together. It's just the time it takes to roast. That's it. That sounds pretty cool. And uh, you know what, just you mentioning the frozen rice kind of, it popped into my head. It, it dawned on me recently, looking at the ingredients list, the frozen rice is actually just rice, unlike those 90-second pouches that sit out on the shelf. Those typically tend to have oil in them, too. So I would say that the frozen rice is probably the healthier option if you're still looking to go that quick route. By far, yeah. The only ingredient is brown rice. Sometimes, I think Trader Joe's has one that's rice 
and maybe barley and some different colors of rice. The other thing is they cook up so much, well, how to say cook, they heat up so much better than the kind that's in the bag because they don't have that sort of weird added oil and salt in them. So yeah, I'm a big fan of those because sometimes you want a fancy meal and if, but it can be something or just, you know, a well-balanced meal, but you don't want to have to do all of these individual steps, especially on like a weeknight. So make life easy for yourself. In general. And and, and Lee, I, I would be remiss here if I didn't uh, mention that uh, between the rice, the tempeh, the spinach, the squash, that's a whole lot of fiber. And I know, I know you and I have talked extensively about fiber on this show. It's, I mean, the, spoiler alert, all of these recipes are going to be really high in fiber, minus the little store-bought ones that are just, you know, for in case of a, in case of emergency, roast this. But the rest of them are going to be really high in fiber. Why? Because it helps keep your hormones at a healthy level. It helps keep your cholesterol at a healthy level. It keeps your regularity nice and healthy. And I think that keeps everyone happy. So, you know, we want to have a happy Thanksgiving. You will get that with these recipes. Well, let's go ahead now and talk about the in case of emergency. Let's break that glass. And let's say that you are somebody who's in the kitchen, uh, maybe... Maybe not. Maybe you're the vegan person who is going to somebody's house and they call you in a panic like, I have no idea what to fix you. And it's like Thursday morning, right? And so you need something 911. Is there anything <laughs> on the store shelf that you can just go in there and buy that could be somewhat of a healthy option? Yeah, absolutely. So there are a couple of options. Um, one that I really like is the Gardein Holiday Roast. So again, it's plant-based. I think it is, it's soy and maybe also wheat protein or gluten. Um, so those two together, it's stuffed with a cranberry and wild rice filling. So it's quite tasty. Again, any of these store-bought options, it's a little lower in fat than the sort of the competing product, which is the tofurkey roast, which is also, again, a decent option and relative to actual turkey, just leaps and bounds better. The only downsides with these are they're a little higher in salt, lower in fiber. But again, if you're in a hurry, literally the all you have to do is stick them on a baking sheet and put them in the oven. So I shouldn't say if you're in a hurry, if you don't have time to do prep work, because they still have to roast. But if you were going to someone's house, which again, this year, unless they're already in your little pod, you're probably not going to. But it's so, so nice to just be like, oh, you can grab this or I'll just bring one and we'll throw it in the oven while we're doing, you know, appetizers and and chatting before the meal. And then you have an option that is impressive looking and easy. And here's the other thing, because it's intriguing, because it looks like turkey, but it isn't, you might actually get some people who hadn't or wouldn't otherwise try a plant-based option to give it a shot. So that's in general, if you are getting together with someone to bring a, a cool or impressive looking entree type centerpiece, not to compete with, you know, cause you don't want to upset the host, but just to give people some ideas on what else is out there beside, beyond the turkey, <laughs> beyond turkey. <laughs> well, you know what? The interesting thing is we're seeing a trend where so many Americans now, and probably this is a global trend too, so many people are trying plant-based meat, meat alternatives for the first time during the pandemic, some out of necessity, some out of boredom because, well, you're you're in your house and what else are you going to do but try new things, right? But we're seeing, I think it's something like one out of four Americans now has tried a plant-based meat. And so this would be another opportunity to go ahead and continue that trend not the worst idea in the world. 
Oh, no, absolutely not. I mean, I've definitely used these at holidays because sometimes you have time to cook and sometimes you're making all these side dishes and you just want the thing to that's quick and easy to do. But yeah, I actually didn't realize it was that many or that percentage of Americans that were trying these plant-based options. I'm thrilled to hear it. It's great for the planet. It's great for their health. And clearly it's also great for animals. So yeah, this is a that's a win all around. Everybody does, in fact, win. And I think that it's also plausible, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it's also plausible to think that uh, you could, if you were concerned about fiber and other nutrients, and this was your centerpiece, you could just load up on some healthier sides and still call it good, right? Oh, if you're eating a vegan Thanksgiving and you're making the sides from scratch, you're, you're, <laughs> you're going to be covered, truly. So in terms of fiber, yeah, is it better to have everything be from absolute whole plant foods? Sure. But again, if you're getting gorgeous fruits and vegetables and whole grains in your side dishes, you'll be fine. Well, let's go ahead and talk about this next dish because I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, well, this could be the main event or this could also operate nicely as a side dish. What is next on your list? Okay, this is, there is zero shame in this being your main dish. And this is butternut squash mac and cheese because let's face it, Honestly, most of us are showing up at Thanksgiving for the mac and cheese more so than anything else. Maybe that's just me. Um, but I have been plant-based for quite some time now, so the mac and cheese has taken a vegan turn. Um, this one I like because it's seasonal, right? It's kind of like in theme. Again, we're coming back to butternut squash and not just because I have a lot from my garden, but because this is a really tasty dish. Um, again, it's surprisingly low in fat, but it's still really nice and creamy because you're going to end up pureeing the butternut squash you're gonna be using soy milk, which adds creaminess in part because of its higher protein content. So, and the other thing that kind of makes this entree you know, worthy, it's actually surprisingly high in protein. There are 22 grams of protein in a sixth of the recipe. Now, a lot of that's coming from pasta. You get eight grams of protein in a cup of pasta. Um, the soy milk and the nutritional yeast are all high in protein. And again, that nutritional yeast, the nooch is going to give it a really nice, rich, savory flavor. So I don't see any reason at all not to make the mac and cheese your centerpiece. Giddy up on the mac and cheese. And this is a good recipe, one that I've had previously. Uh, I actually very much enjoy this. Um, it also has some carotenoids in there. And so let's talk a little bit about those health benefits. So if you're eating this, you're getting those carotenoids. What good is that doing your body? I love the carotenoids. <laughs> Am I allowed to do that? You are. You I are. call them carotenoids. You call them carotenoids, tomato, tomato. Um, actually, maybe you're saying it right. Maybe I've been saying it wrong. Oh, I don't God. know. The bottom <laughs> line is we're, we're talking about the same thing. Does it really matter? That orange stuff in squash. Yeah, it really does. So they are linked. It's a, it's a powerful antioxidant. They're linked to some different health outcomes. The one I'm most familiar with is a decreased risk of breast cancer in people who are eating larger quantities of carotenoids in their diet. So sources of carotenoids, really any orange produce item. So if it's a squash, it's pumpkin, oranges, you're going to look to see, you'll, you'll see carotenoids in those. But the other place you see it, and this is so appropriate for fall, is in your green leafy vegetables, right? Because what happens when, you, when the trees and the green leaves, the green part starts to die, what color do you see underneath? Orange. Orange. That's okay. So yeah, orange and yellow, same thing in dark leafy greens, which you can discover if you leave collard greens in your fridge for too long, which I just found out this afternoon, they turn <laughs> yellow, but that means you can see the carotenoids. Oh, too much information. Um, so yeah, carotenoids are, that's a very long way of saying you can also get carotenoids in your leafy green vegetables and they're super good for your health. 
You are just an American treasure. Oh man, you were, you were the best. Uh, you know, th that is definitely not an overshare, but the fact that you, you, you know, you're humble enough to think that it is like that to me, just, uh, I, I love you for so many reasons. You are just the best. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. So here we are, here we are, Fiber Queen. We yes. are at the point where we have teased this from the top. Okay. And yes. now what we have is the main event, something that I didn't think was even remotely possible to be veganized. But lo and behold, what have you gone out and done? You have done the impossible and you have found a vegan version of what? It's a vegan version of turducken, which is called veg duckin. Oh my gosh. Oh Say my it God. isn't so. I actually want to call it veg squashin. <laughs> that's more appropriate, but we'll go with Veg Duckin since that's how it was christened on the um, onegreenplanet.org website. I did not come up with this recipe. This was Jasmine Briones. No, if but I'm saying you her found name. it. You found it. I did it, and find it. Matters, okay? So, bottom line here is you I'll found it. You get credit. So, what is in this <laughs> Veg Duckin masterpiece? It is pretty great. Again, we keep coming back to butternut squash. Maybe my brain is just in butternut squash mode. I tell you. I've been brainwashed by my own garden. Um, but so that's, so the outside is a butternut squash. So it's the same thing where you're cutting it in half and maybe it's just cause they look very impressive. You're gonna roast it just for a little bit. And then this is the fun part. So inside of that, you are gonna have zucchini. Oh, sorry, inside of that, you're gonna have eggplant. And then you're gonna have zucchini. And then inside the zucchini where you sort of hollow it out a little bit, you're gonna put a whole scallion. So in between each layer, you've got butternut squash, then they have um, a stuffing recipe that then, so you layer, it's almost like a little weird encapsulated lasagna <laughs> inside. So you got your butternut squash, a layer of stuffing, your eggplant, and then a layer of stuffing, and then zucchini, a layer of stuffing, a scallion down the middle, and then you literally tie it together with twine and you bake it for a little under two hours. And you end up with, when you cut it, it looks so cool. You have the veg duckin. Veg duckin. This is fantastic. That's it's what that is. Pretty epic. I am excited to make it. Like I am pumped up about the veg. Like seriously, this is something like you were saying in all honesty that you could take the garden roast to somebody else's house for Thanksgiving and you get some curious people that would want to try it. I think that this is a guaranteed everybody's going to want to nibble on this to experience it. Not only because it looks fantastic, but the name veg ducking like who doesn't want to get a piece of that right i'm i'm telling you yeah i would i would 100 bring this to somewhere in someone's house i know right how much time do you think is involved in this right i mean this seems like this is a pretty labor intensive not for a novice type of recipe i don't know that it's that bad because the squash i feel like the hardest part is probably just cutting the squash because you don't cook it first i don't know if you've ever tried to cut a butternut squash lengthwise without giving it any little pre-cook it's a whole thing it's a thing. Yeah. It's like when you're carving a pumpkin and you try and kind of make those first cuts, you know, it takes, it gets your arm workout. You don't, you don't need the gym. You, you stay home and cut up a butternut squash. Um, the rest of it, I, I didn't remember there being a lot of other cooking. So it's more just about slicing. Um, and then the stuffing, you know, there was some sauteing and that kind of thing. But honestly, I think you could shortcut it and do like the Whole Foods has a vegan multi-grain bagged stuffing which isn't perfect. It's a lot of refined grain, but it's also got some whole grain in there. So you could honestly probably just cheat and use that. I haven't tried it. So if it doesn't turn out, <laughs> I apologize in advance, but I actually don't know. I think the hardest thing is you'd have to have cooking twine. That's like the most advanced part. The rest of it really didn't look as hard as you would expect. 
Hmm. All right. I may attempt this. I may not, but I may. <laughs> I don't if know. If you lose a finger, yet. I apologize. No, well, no, no, no. <laughs> I think I'm advanced enough to not lose a finger in the kitchen. You say, the hardest part, <laughs> you say the hardest part is just chopping. So I think that we'll be okay. I got to procure some of that baking twine that you were talking about. Yeah. But uh, I mean, veg ducking, man. I mean, this right? is, this is legitimate. Veg. This is yeah. like, this is a discovery. Okay. What you have done here is you've just discovered something that is going to change somebody's Thanksgiving life <laughs> forever. You're welcome. For, okay. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was Thanksgiving like for you growing up in the Crosby household? Was it a big old smorgasbord of every kind of Thanksgiving classic that you could possibly imagine? Yeah, there was a lot of that. So my extended family actually lives in Kentucky, both sides. So we always did our Thanksgiving with another family that were basically like our family in D.C. And boy, howdy, it was a big, big spread. Not as big as the spreads were in Kentucky because... Eastern Kentucky, when it comes to food, it's just you have 20 dishes or you got nothing. So it was it was extra impressive. But even childhood, you know, when we were having it, I grew up in McLean um, and it was McLean, Virginia. And it was it was a it was a production. There was, of course, you had the you know, the giant dead bird in the middle of the table, but there were rolls and side dishes. And but the problem was my stomach was never really okay with all the butter and the drippings and all those things. So it never really settled with me. And that's the other nice thing about these recipes is that your stomach will feel good when you're done. You'll be happily full instead of like comatose and unwell. <laughs> that Thanksgiving I mean, food coma. How was your Thanksgiving as a kid? It, it was enormous. Um, I remember, so my mom was somewhere in the middle of 11 children, right? So she's oh, smack wow. dab in the middle of that. And I have something in along the lines of 33, 34 first cousins. And, ask, how many cousins do you have? Yeah, so, so many. So we <laughs> would all get together at uh, my grandparents' house. And um, I mean, you want to talk about enough food to feed an army. We, we had that. And it definitely was the classic spread with like this enormous turkey, which to me, you know, thinking back as a kid seemed like it took up the entire table. Um, but then like sides galore, everything from mashed potatoes to green bean casserole to, um, you know, macaroni and cheese, not, not the butternut squash kind, uh, either, you know, all of these unhealthy, uh, items there that definitely put, you know, a good 50 people in a food coma. We were just passed out on the floor. Some people yeah. were in the lawn. It was just horrible. Yeah. Um, uh, but but that that was the the Thanksgiving tradition. Um, but I'll tell you the the funny thing though is that my grandma she she would pride herself in the turkey that she would cook and and I honestly Lee though I never really liked the taste of turkey. It just was not my jam. So dry and not yummy, even when it was moist. What was called like oh everyone's like this turkey's so moist. It really wasn't, was it? No, it was always dry, dry as a bone. It was like eating like fleshy desert. It was, it was kind of nasty. Yeah. Um, and, what and so I, I honestly, I do not miss turkey fleshy for desert. things. I do not miss. <laughs> Sorry, that took just, a second. Yeah, it took a second. Nice turn of um, yeah. I, I do not uh, miss the turkey for Thanksgiving whatsoever. And so I actually get excited by the options here that we've been talking about today. I would much rather have this menu. I think even version 1.0 overweight me would enjoy this more so than having turkey for Thanksgiving. I mean, for goodness sakes, veg ducking, get out I of mean, town here, right? 
edge ducking and the colors and the textures and there's just a lot more going on. There's a lot more going for it. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's food that you love that will then love you back. So it's again, it's a win-win. So my, my final question is this. So if somebody comes to you at the Barnard Medical Center, because as we say, always, when you're on the show, you're not just a talking head. You are a no. real person. My goodness. I am. Yes. Uh, yeah. If somebody comes to you at, at the Barnard Medical Center and you're working with them on their diet, you would feel comfortable giving them these types of ideas for recipes for Thanksgiving dinner. And matter of fact, you, you've got a Christmas dinner, um, you know, uh, so many other holidays coming up right around the corner, New Year's. Uh, I mean, bottom line is this is something that everybody can enjoy, feel confident in what it is that they're eating. And, and you know, it's enough to feed an army, but you know what? That's going to be a healthy army. That's right. A, a socially distanced, healthy army. But yeah, so again, if, if, yeah, if people were coming into the clinic, absolutely. The only ones where I might be like, hey, if you have high blood pressure, you might not want to do the commercial ones. You might just want to make a little something for yourself. But a lot of these recipes, again, they're not, they don't take that long. They're not that hard. A lot of them you can make in advance. So, and they promote health. And that's the really nice thing. It's so nice to have a holiday where you get done and you feel, yeah, you might be a little more full than you would choose to be otherwise, but you don't feel ill. And I confess that I so often, when I was in my younger years, I ate all this food and it was so rich and oily and it just did not settle. And now I get to have holiday meals, as do my friends and family, and hopefully patients in the clinic too, that are satisfying, but that also improve your health. Yeah, I, you know, and, and I would venture to say whether it's uh, Thanksgiving or Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa, any any of those holidays, these dishes, I mean, they would just make fantastic additions to anybody's table at any time. Um, and again, veg ducking. That's all I have to say. About yeah, I think that. we can just end veg ducking. Veg ducking. Uh, so <laughs> here's the deal. We're going to put all of those recipes in the episode notes for this show. Uh, you can also find them in the show descriptions if you're watching us on YouTube or on Facebook right now. Uh, but Lee Crosby, thank you so very much for uh, all of these wonderful turkey alternatives. Go ahead and schedule an appointment, by the way, with Lee. So we said that she works at the Barnard Medical Center. Uh, now here's your chance to do that. Visit barnardmedical.org or call 202-527-7500 to make that appointment. Lee, how many states are you available to see patients in now? Well, gracious. Uh, we have, I hope I'm getting them all right. So obviously Virginia, Maryland, DC. I'm also licensed in Kentucky. Cal, uh, California, I can see patients. I think also Arizona, and I may have missed one. So if I have, my apologies, but it is on my profile on barnardmedical.org. If you go over to um, staff and providers, you will see the states where I can see you virtually. Outstanding. All right. Well, Lee, I look forward to seeing you virtually again in the very near future. Appreciate your time as always, my friend. Sounds great. Thanks, Chuck. And you can find recipes to all five of those yummy dishes, including the turducken, on my Facebook page. I've pinned it right to the top and a link to that page is in the episode notes. Now, Lee also sent some amazing pictures of this vegan turducken, the veg ducken that she cooked for Thanksgiving. And yeah, as good as advertised. Unbelievable. She found some of that baking string and she went to town on this literally just one day after we taped this segment. Unbelievable how good this veg ducken looks. 
I think, I think it might be happening this year at our house as well. All right, so we've got the five turkey alternatives out of the way. We're going to be talking about five other sides and centerpieces with Maggie Neola in just a little bit. But first, let's go ahead and address a new study regarding vegans and vegetarians and the risk of broken bones. As I said at the top, headlines are splashed everywhere. National headlines, international headlines, claiming that vegans and vegetarians are more likely to break their bones than people who eat meat. But I wanted to bring Dr. Neil Barnard on the show to talk more about this, to see if there was anything that was being missed or overlooked. I wanted to go beyond the headlines and deep into the study. And here now is our conversation from the exam room live. Controversial new headline today, study showing that vegans and vegetarian are more susceptible to broken bones, but let's dive beyond the headlines. What is missing from there? Is this accurate? Is there a big piece to the puzzle missing? Well, taking that deeper dive for us right now is Dr. Neil Barnard. Dr. Barnard, these headlines are all over the place, but what is the big piece of the puzzle that is missing from all of these conversations so far? Okay, well, first of all, it's a good study. Um, It's the Epic Oxford study, which is um, a large cohort of people who've been followed for a long period of time. And it was uh, published in BMC Medicine, which is a reputable journal. So it's all good stuff. And some of these are researchers that I've known personally for many years. So um, if you look at the data, it's true that vegans do seem to be a little bit more likely than, say, meat eaters to break a bone. Um, And so then the question is why? And the results, the reasons for that are really quite interesting. Um, The first reason, um, maybe a little bit of a surprise, vegans are less likely to be obese. Um, In this group, uh, this research cohort, the meat eaters were much more likely to be overweight and much more likely to be obese. If you've got a lot of body weight and you fall down, you are less likely to break a hip. If you are at a healthy weight, and you fall down, you're more likely to break a hip. Now, this is not a good reason to gain weight, but we've known for a long time that heavy people are less likely to break a bone and it's people refer to it as just a cushioning effect. Um, it may be more than that. Body fat also makes estrogens and that could have an effect on bone integrity. So that's not, anyway, so, so you can perhaps set that part of it aside. Um, the other things though are also important. Some people in the vegan group were the non-vegetable eating ones, the ones who were missing their greens and so forth and not getting that much calcium. And so the average calcium in the group was a little under 600 milligrams a day. 600 milligrams a day would be about probably adequate, but maybe half the people were below that, the other half were above that. So you wanna be in the group that's above that. If you're not getting 600 milligrams a day of calcium, you really do need more. Uh, A couple other things though. In the study, the vegans were substantially more physically active. Um, If you are out riding your bike and rollerblading and things, you are more likely to break a bone. Um, It was, this cohort was uh, largely white women. Um, It was a European uh, cohort, uh, almost entirely white, mostly women. Um, Whether those results would apply to others, less clear. And finally, the meat eaters were more likely, uh, 
older women in this cohort were more likely to be using hormone replacement therapy compared to the vegans. The vegans tended to avoid it, the meat eaters tend to use it. Um, whether that's an issue or not, who knows? Um, so the, the bottom line is don't gain weight uh, to get a cushioning for your body in case you fall down. Um, the harm of that, the risks of that are much greater than the benefit. Um, but do get your calcium, and calcium means greens and beans, green leafy vegetables like kale and Brussels sprouts and collards and broccoli, uh, and the, bean, the whole bean group. All of those things should be part of your daily diet. And if you get plenty of calcium and do get physical activity and are at a healthy weight, you can, you can hopefully have the best health profile overall. A couple of points that uh, I, I would like to ask here. Uh, one, going back to uh, being overweight, um, I, one of the things that I, I didn't hear, and, and maybe there's something to that, and maybe that there isn't to this. Uh, my question is, we hear so much about resistance training and strength training actually being good as far as protective bone health. Well, when you're overweight, when I was overweight, I was super strong, just carrying around 420 pounds. So in addition to having that cushion from the excess weight, uh, could also, you know, just an abundance of muscle mass also be protective here? Uh, yes, and the reverse is true too, that when people lose weight, they lose a little bit of lean body mass in addition to the fat mass that they lose, simply because you don't need so much uh, muscle tissue and, and other structural elements to, to maintain that body, the body weight that you're carrying around. And what you said is right. You know, if you're carrying around hundreds of extra pounds, it is extra exercise. Um, nonetheless, I, I don't want to take away from the study. Um, because the part regarding a good nutritional intake is an important one. A vegan diet is the best diet around. There's no question about it. There is no reason to be having meat and dairy products and eggs in your diet. They do so much uh, uh, more harm than good, but don't forget to make sure that your diet includes the greens, the beans, along with the vegetables and fruits. And my, my final point is, and just to that, you know, regardless of what diet it is that you're eating, uh, I believe that it is also a fact that there are so many Americans who are nutrient deficient, even if they are eating dairy, are eating meat here. So really, it just kind of goes to the the notion that you really should be eating that well-rounded diet that you were just discussing, in this case, plant-based. Yeah. Fruits, vegetables, whole grains, legumes, put them all together. Don't forget your vitamin vitamin B12. And let's say because it is just about December, let's have a word about vitamin D. Normally comes from the sun. If it's cold, you might not be getting so much uh, sunlight and you might need a vitamin D uh, supplement. Most doctors would say about 2000 IUs a day. If you're not getting adequate vitamin D, it's harder for you to absorb the calcium that you're taking in. We have more on vegans and bone health up on pcrm.org. Or if you would like to watch this segment with Dr. Barnard, this excerpt from the show, you can head over to my Facebook page and check that out. You can find a link to that in the episode notes. Before we turn our attention back to Thanksgiving, I wanted to let you know that today's episode is sponsored by the Gregory J. Ryder Memorial Fund. The work that they do is just amazing. It's a fund born out of the love and the passion that Greg Ryder had for animals. And today, that fund is being used to support organizations that share that same passion, that same love that Greg had. And they're doing that through animal rescue efforts and promoting a vegan lifestyle and wildlife conservation efforts. 
I encourage you please to visit GregoryWriterFund.org. That's Gregory, R-E-I-T-E-R, fund.org, where you can learn more about Greg's story and about animal issues. And while you're there, you can also subscribe to their newsletter. And you can find a link to that in the show notes for this episode. Time now to focus back on Thanksgiving, and we have the main event already covered. Lee gave us so many great turkey alternatives, including that veg duckin'. But a non-turkey does not a meal make, nor does it make for proper English. So, but there are five sides and other centerpieces that are sure to please the palates of everyone gathered around your table this year. And to help us out with those, I got an opportunity to speak with dietitian Maggie Neola from the Barnard Medical Center. Maggie, if there is no turkey on the table and you're new to eating a plant-based diet or you're having somebody over to your house who is plant-based and you don't know the first thing about it, well, what can you do? I'm glad that you have brought five scrumptious recipes that can help clear things up for us. Great ideas to get that turkey off of the table this year. Of course. Yeah. And all of these ideas are certainly modifiable. You know, you know yourself, your preferences, your whoever's going to be with you for Thanksgiving. Um, and so being able to tailor that is a great idea. Um, so, yeah, I want to go through five really delicious combinations to leave you with a really satisfying Thanksgiving meal. The first one, if we're to think of a main feature aside from turkey, is making this autumn stew. And it's actually made with kidney beans, butternut squash, corn and served in a cute little pumpkin there. Um, so that can be kind of that centerpiece. And then let's add in some more vegetables because these are really low in fiber or low in fat, high in fiber, going to help you feel full and add color to your table. Um, and of course, pairing it with a nice, our easy cornbread muffins. Um, we've got a great recipe for that in our e-cookbook. Um, so this makes a really satisfying meal with multiple food groups um, and is option number one. So, and just a plug too for our cookbook, um, it's pcrm.org slash Thanksgiving is where you can download that e-cookbook for free. Um, so this next option here is a lentil tomato stew. And um, this one is kind of just a basic stew with red lentils, tomatoes, maybe some fresh parsley and vegetable stock. And lentils are really, really high in fiber, which help you feel full longer. And some nice Things to add to it to round out that Thanksgiving meal are your classic mashed potatoes, maybe a mushroom gravy, which really gives that a nice umami profile uh, flavor. And then maple Dijon green beans are a really fun way to serve green beans that aren't just steamed and plain. Uh, but this brings in a little bit of maple syrup, Dijon mustard, um, and potentially some vinegar too, just to really give it a pop in flavor. So this is a really lovely combination of flavors as well. And then our third option is this sweet potato lentil shepherd's pie. Um, so it's very much so a casserole where you layer lots of different lentils and vegetables on the bottom and put your mashed sweet potatoes on top with some breadcrumbs and bake it. Um, and it's really hearty and satisfying. But again, let's add some more crunch and vegetables with a nice pear arugula salad, maybe with some cranberries on top. And then, of course, this um, stuffing, it's actually from... Um, a simple vegan blog, and it looks super delicious to me. It looks really easy to make and um, such a, a favorite <laughs> recipe for Thanksgiving time. The fourth option is with a black bean chili. And this one is quite simple. I've probably talked about it so many times, but I do love it. 
And again, it features black beans. So a, a very filling uh, food to include on your table this year. And with that, um, we wanna add some green vegetables. So why not some sauteed garlic spinach um, and then also some more cornbread. And this again is just kind of a hearty option where you've got that warm soup, some really yummy cornbread and some um, vegetables that are gonna really help fill you up and provide some good calcium on your table too. The last option is a sun-dried tomato lentil loaf. And um, this one is really just a combination of vegetables and lentils, very similar to a shepherd's pie, but it's not gonna have as much moisture and you're gonna pack it into um, a small baking pan. And this is similar to a meatloaf, for example. Um, but let's pair it with some more color and give it um, this sweet potato pumpkin seed casserole, which is really just lightly sweet um, with some apricots in it, actually, which is really fun dried apricots. And then um, why not some, some roasted Brussels sprouts with apples, very festive, again, adding more color. And so if any of these five options sound good to you, I encourage you to check out our e-cookbook um, and other recipes that we have on our website. This is just a brief sneak peek of some of those recipes you'll find in the cookbook, including options for dessert and cranberry sauce. Um, so definitely check that out uh, if you're interested in, in finding some more recipes for next week. Um, and again, the URL is gonna be pcrm.org slash Thanksgiving, and it's totally free. So please enjoy that resource. Well, I'll tell you, you got my mouth watering. That, that is no doubt about it. Uh, and, and it was not lost on me that there was, in fact, a vegan pumpkin pie recipe uh, that was listed there. So that's that's awesome. PCRM.org slash Thanksgiving. Uh, I also want to point out that I think that it's important here, if, if we're talking realistically, presentation here, I think is key when you have people coming over. If you're plant-based and they're eating their first plant-based Thanksgiving, that you really want to plate things so it looks as appealing and as appetizing as possible. And I think that it was massive the way that the autumn stew was served in the pumpkin. Like who isn't going to want to eat that? That is 10 oh, yeah. times better than a bread bowl. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's really fun. You could even serve it in a small delicata squash. It's kind of this longer uh, squash that's really, but it's like, it's a more single serving. So I really like that one too. And it's sweet, um, but definitely presentation is so important, whether that's the color of the foods you're having, um, the garnishes that you put on top, um, you know, just being able to visualize what your table will look like and get that wow factor is important for getting people to serve that on their plates. <laughs> Before I let you go, I, I need to ask you as well, obviously things are gonna be a little bit different this Thanksgiving and by a little bit, I mean a lot. A lot of people yeah. will not be traveling. They're gonna be staying at home and that means they're not gonna be cooking for 20 or 30 people, these enormous gatherings. So how can somebody scale down these recipes so they're not you know, necessarily trying to feed an army but they're only trying to feed two, maybe three, four people? Yeah, that's a great question, actually, because we don't want to end up with a bunch of food waste. Um, so the five different options that I put together are really just a main feature and a couple sides. And so you might want to just stick with that same structure of um, just making two or three things for your meal. Of course, include some of your favorites um, and try and maybe cut the portions in half instead of making some massive casserole, you know, just do half of the ingredients. Um, and that way you don't end up with so many leftovers that you end up having to throw out. So definitely think about, um, you know, who's coming, how much they eat in general. <laughs> um, and if you can freeze anything, that's a great thing to do. A lot of soups, a lot of those stews that I had featured 
um, are freezable. So you could always um, preserve them in that way and eat them another time. So. And when you're working with uh, your patients at the Barnard Medical Center and you get the opportunity to maybe go over some menus and lay things out, you can actually share recipes with them like this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the time. I love doing recipe exchanges and trying to think through like, what does somebody really enjoy? What are some things they don't like? And, and how do we make something that you're excited about that's also healthy and delicious? Oh, yeah. It's so cool that you get to eat these things and move forward on your health journey, meeting those health goals. So if you want to schedule an appointment to meet with Maggie, telemedicine visits are available at the Barnard Medical Center. All you need to do is visit barnardmedical.org for a full list of states where services are available. You can also call 202-527-7500. I believe that uh, telemedicine visits are now available in more than a quarter of the country. So there's a good chance that you can, in fact, link up with Maggie. So do that today, Barnard Medical org or call 202-527-7500. Maggie Mignola, thank you so very much and have a wonderful Thanksgiving. You as well, Chuck. Thank you. You can find a link to all of our Thanksgiving recipes in the episode notes as well, or you just head over to pcrm.org slash Thanksgiving. And this year, with things being a little bit wonky in the world the way that they are with the pandemic, my wife and I more than likely will not be traveling. Going to be heeding the CDC recommendations to stay home and celebrate virtually with our loved ones around the country. We want to stay healthy and we want to help keep our family members as healthy as possible until this pandemic finally blows over. And it looks like we're finally also seeing some light at the end of the tunnel. But we're not there quite yet. So we need to stay safe for a little while longer. So let's just keep hanging in there together and know that help is on the horizon. But I will say, and maybe you are in the same boat as well, because we are staying put, the burden of cooking will fall 100% on me. Maybe it's the same for you in your house. So here is what I'm planning to make this year. Here's the menu. After listening to Lee talk a couple of times about the veg duckin', the vegan turducken, and then seeing her pictures, I think that that will be the main dish at the Carroll household this year. I'm pumped up about this. I also think that for the sides, we're going to be roasting up some Brussels sprouts, maybe drizzle a little bit of maple syrup on there and bake some apples in there to give it a little bit of sweetness with that. I think that's going to be pretty tasty. Then we're going to be roasting up some sweet potatoes, maybe doing mashed sweet potatoes this year. I haven't made up my mind there. Definitely going to have some greens on the table. Probably going to be having uh, maybe some field greens, some baby spinach, some arugula. And then we're going to top that off with some roasted root vegetables. That's going to be really amazing. And then, of course, I mean, what Thanksgiving can possibly be complete without pumpkin pie? Just can't do it. So we're going to be making the pumpkin pie recipe that we have up on PCRM.org as well. That's pretty good. That's still a lot of food for two people, but if we have the recipe sizes, I think we'll be okay. I don't know how to make half a pie though. It might have to be a whole pie and then maybe, because she still goes into the office, maybe maybe she'll take some with her into work. I think that'll be the plan. 
<laughs> but I'll tell you what. 2020 has been an exceptionally maddening year. It's just been crazy. I can honestly think of no other year that has come anything close to this type of everything. I don't know how else to put it. But the fact of the matter is, despite all of the turmoil in the world, despite the pandemic, the illnesses, the anger, the frustration, we still have an enormous amount to be thankful for. We should all have gratitude in abundance. Because right now, during this pandemic, during these trying times, we are all learning. We are absolutely learning every single day. And because of that, we will come out of this in a better place. And if you're hearing this right now, you still have your health. You still have your health. And maybe you're listening because you want to make your health even better. And maybe you also want to teach your friends and your family about what it is that you've been learning here as well. So many more people now are open to the idea of improving their nutrition. That is the silver lining in this pandemic, is it is forcing people to take a good, long, hard look at themselves in the mirror thinking about what are some things that I could be doing in a more healthy way. We just heard earlier in the show about how many more people are trying plant-based foods now this year. I think it was one out of four. That was the study that I told Lee. One out of four people now trying plant-based alternatives. I'll tell you something else. On a personal level, I am most certainly grateful and thankful for you and to have this show, the podcast and exam room live to have this, to be able to interact with you all. I'm so thankful for that. And I'm also grateful for all of the emails and the messages that I get from so many of the wonderful listeners and the viewers who I call the exam roomies these messages from people who have become inspired and took charge of their health because of the information that all of the experts on this show have shared and people who have transformed their own lives and their own health, improved it dramatically, shared those stories on the show so that the viewers and the listeners, people like you can become inspired. I am so grateful that you all take the time to share that with me. I'm also thankful and grateful for my family, my friends, my loved ones, my wife, Julie, our dog, our four-legged son, Rudy, the beagle. He's looking forward to Thanksgiving more than any one of us. <laughs> Guaranteed. I'll tell you, one last thing I am grateful for is that so many of you have taken the time to give this podcast a five-star rating and helped to make it one of the top nutrition podcasts online today. That is extraordinary to me. And I am so grateful that there are so many of you 
who think highly enough of this show to take time out of your day to leave that five-star rating. So thank you. And if you haven't yet subscribed to the show, we do so many of these every year. Go ahead. There's a lot more material here than just turkey alternatives for Thanksgiving. We will we will whip you up into a lean, mean, plant-eating machine, my friend. So head on over to Apple Podcast or Spotify or Stitcher, wherever shows are available. Hit that subscribe button and please do leave that five-star rating because every single one of those five-star ratings truly does help to make the world a healthier place. I want to say thank you one more time to the fantastic Fiber Queen, my friend, dietitian Lee Crosby, and also Maggie Neola, sharing her wonderful ideas for some sides and some centerpieces. And of course, Dr. Neil Barnard, so grateful that he was able to come on today to talk about that study and clear up some of the confusion. For everyone here at the Physicians Committee, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Have yourself a very happy, happy Thanksgiving. And remember, stay safe, take a stand, and keep it plant-based. <laughs>